Thank you for watching. That's normally how I sign off my vlogs. But if you're watching this, then that means you're already helping me to make a difference. I'm Philip Dehaney and I've been making That Stagey blog for nearly a year. During that time, I've met and interviewed some incredible people. And this month, I will be meeting some of the most remarkable. In this series, I will be interviewing people from the theatre community living with HIV and people who have spoken publicly about it. Each of their stories is very different, as is the way that they choose to tell them. Some people are able to talk publicly about it. Some people prefer to stay private. And that's okay. I hope that these videos will encourage you to listen and to talk. And whether you want to share your story with somebody, I hope that these videos will encourage you to start those conversations. I hope that these videos will answer some of your questions and encourage you to ask more. Well, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that I'm, I am HIV positive um, and it's shouldn't be, but it's so hard to say and talk about. terrified me is after the production I had no reason that that person would be me I had never thought that I would ever be HIV possible of all the people in the world having sex of which there are very very many why did I have to be the one to get HIV Today is a very special day. You could say it's a red letter day, if you like. And I've been thinking about making this video for a very long time. I know some people won't like it. And I'm thinking that's even more of a reason why it should happen and why I would like everyone to know that I'm HIV positive. You never forget when you get told. I got a text message saying, I'm HIV positive and now so are you. And that's when you go, no, 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 no. I thought, well, if I don't know, then I'll be fine. I, was, I thought, 
like many still do, that if you have HIV, then that's it. Thank you. So, tell me about you. Oh no, that's the worst question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the worst uh, question to start with. Uh, hi, I'm George. I'm 19. Um, no, I'm not 19. 19? God, you about. wish you were still 19. Fucking hell. Should we start that again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I get nervous. Oh, bless. It's only me. We've known each other for years. Stuck in my head. So, uh, how old are you now? 25. I knocked six years off. <laughs> <laughs> so I first discovered you were HIV positive through a video that you did on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you went public about it or had you already spoken about it? That was... So this, I mean, I don't remember which video that was. So the video There's was been... when you were in Trafalgar Square yes. with the three hugs. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very um, powerful video. It was a very powerful video. Um, uh, no, that wasn't the first time that I, I came out. I first came out in a blog. Right. Uh, so I started a blog called Still Human, um, okay. which um, isn't running anymore. Uh, but it was kind of my way to use a platform to, to write about what I was going through. And how old were you at that point? Um, at that point, I was 22, 21. Yeah. I'm going to say 22. <laughs> I can't remember. Age is all blurring. Um, yeah, so I started writing about it and then I was like, well, how can I kind of get into other things um, and do things that I want to do to, to progress in, in activism? So um, I did a few bits with Terrence Higgins, um, GMFA as well. Um, and that was with Shape History, the video that you're talking about. Mm. Um, yeah. So going back to the original blog, so mm. 
Well, actually, let's go right back. So you were diagnosed when you were 19? 19. Whilst you were still yeah. training? Yeah, it was, at at the, it was at the end of my training. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you're in your final year and something like that comes along. How was that? It was... <laughs> we're just distracted by a kitten, don't we? Yeah, my kitten's playing with the wires. It's fine. Theo. Why is this toy? Hang on, sorry. Um... It was really rough, actually, for me that because um, I I got the diagnosis the the evening before um, my big assessments. Really? Yeah. So it was the final um, the final assessments of my training, and and I didn't I didn't really know how to take it. Um, I've said this a few times actually in in different things, but my my best friend came over and we we kind of cried about it, we laughed about it, and we drank some wine um, and that, that's just how how we processed the news um, so what made you get tested on that day did you it was a it was a random test right um, it actually came with a full health checkup so yeah. I was being checked for everything um, and then it came back um, got the diagnosis by a phone call um, and then I, I text Lauren and I said you need to get over here now <laughs> Just come over, um, and yeah, it was it was a weird thing actually. I didn't I know how to feel. Behave. Um, yeah, I didn't know how to feel, because um, because you, you you hear of HIV and you hear of different things happening, um, but when you're actually in the situation, it's like, well, where do I go from here? What do what do I do? Um, so it kind of created a whole pit of uncertainty and worry I guess um, and yeah and then the next day went into my final assessments and probably didn't do as well as I wanted to yeah, <laughs> yeah. so then you told Lauren mm -hmm. and then did you tell anybody else not for a while no not for a while um, I wasn't I, st I was telling friends here and there that I felt should know and could help me through things um, kind of every few months um, and then it got to the point when I wanted to start doing something about this to tell my family right um, so it wasn't until I decided to go public that I thought well I need to I need to really go public I can't just go public but not kind of thing mm. um, yeah so that, was that a few years after your diagnosis that you told your family yeah yeah it was about two two or three years yeah and how was that to be kind of keeping that a secret um, and what made you keep it from them stigma I guess right um, internalized stigma more than anything yeah um, I I didn't want to feel like I'd let anyone down I was worried that they'd think negatively of me mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it, it was a really difficult thing to process. So when I told them, it wasn't, I didn't tell them face to face. Right. Um, I actually wrote letters, which to me, I wrote down the letter and I wrote exactly what I wanted to say and I knew what it was, how it was going to be said. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't miss out any details. Um, I let them know where I was in my treatment. I let them know. Um, <laughs> I let them. <laughs> 
This kitten's a nightmare. Yeah, I let them know where I was in my treatment. I let them know, um, you know, the, how HIV's changed since, since yeah. when they were growing up in the 80s. Um, um, and it kind of, for me, that was a way to kind of let them know that everything was going to be okay. Um, whether it was the best way to do it or not, I don't know. It was the best way for me. Yeah. Um, but whether it was the best way for them, it, I'll never know. Um, only because they may have got home from work and found this letter and not been expecting it. it you know, it wasn't, I, it wasn't set up. It was just in their face. It was there. Um, so I may, if, if I had the chance again, I may actually do it a different way. So how was their response and reaction to the letters? Um... Do they call you up or? They both called me. Yeah. Um, both of my parents reacted very differently. Yeah. Um, so my my mum was very worried to start with. Um, she was quite upset uh, until she then researched about it herself um, and came back and was absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and and she still continues to research and <laughs> and, that, and that'll never change. Um, and I, and it's, it's a good thing because I think if you know if you have the knowledge, it's not as scary. Um, my dad, I didn't actually hear from for about maybe a week. Um, wow. So I think I think that was probably him processing yeah. and discovering himself what to say. Was that difficult for you, um, just being in that limbo of not knowing how? Um, I don't remember, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I was like, well, it was a letter. He may not have opened it yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he would have opened it as soon as he got it. But, you know, you, you, you just don't know these things. <laughs> so, so, no, I, I waited for him to come to me. I didn't want to go and be like, hey, have you read my letter? Yeah. <laughs> I waited for him to come to me and he, he called me, had a, we had a long chat and he was great, he was really great um, and I didn't actually know this at the time, he's tangled up, I didn't know this at the time, come here, come here, come here. But, um, <laughs> um, but my dad actually has a friend who has been positive for, for many years, Really? so he was quite quite up in the knowledge about it anyway um, um, whether he did some more research and I don't know um, but he was quite knowledgeable um, and knew that it wasn't a death sentence yeah. anymore um, which which was very good because that's what I was scared of I was scared of them panicking and thinking that it was you know the end of my life mm. um, so going back to college when yeah. you first found out did you tell anybody and faculty-wise, no. 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 You kept it to yourself. Kept it to myself. Um, I had a, I had some difficult, uh, some difficult months and maybe even years in in training. Um, well, I was sick quite a lot. Right. Um, I was getting quite ill during my training, and I unfortunately had to take a bit of time out. Um, and I think that went down negatively. Right. <laughs> I think they, they thought it was me being, you know, dramatic and not wanting to go this to This before your diagnosis? Before the diagnosis, yeah. So I was quite sick a lot of the time. Um, do you think that was related to your... I, th I think it was. There's, yeah. there's, there's absolutely no, no proof yeah. or evidence, but um, I think it was related. 
Um, and I think it went down that George is missing his training. Um, but if you're sick, you can't, yeah. you can't be there. And I was in bed most of the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it, was, it was a tough time of not really knowing what was going on. <laughs> well, did, you, what we, did you have any fears when you first found out relating to your personal life or the career or? So many fears. Yeah. Yeah, because, because I didn't have the knowledge, um, it, it was a big pool of, of fear. <laughs> mm. um, am I gonna get a job if I tell people? Am I gonna find someone to fall in love with? Am I gonna, uh, you know, live beyond a certain age? Um, there's, there were so many questions in my head that were just going round and round and I didn't, I didn't know the answers. Um, so the whole journey has been a process of figuring everything out, um, which has been difficult, but it's, it's what you need to do. Everyone goes through those journeys, no matter what, mm. what is going on. Um, it's just the growth of life, I guess, isn't it? And do you think now on reflection, so you're 25 now, six mm -hmm. years later, do you still have fears or doubts or do you think they've all kind of been? Mm. Do I have fears and doubts? Yes and no. Not necessarily circling HIV. Um, I don't actually really think about it anymore. Yeah. It's just part of my life now where, you know, I take, I take my tablets before I go to bed at night and they keep me healthy. Um, they make me undetect, they keep me undetectable, sorry. Um, and other than that, I don't really think about it. Um, there's a few times if I, if I meet someone and if it comes up in conversation or something, then it's coming out about it again. Yeah. Again, you know, so it's, it's a bit like being gay, isn't it? Where every time you meet someone new, you're always coming out. Yeah. Um, um, and it's the same with HIV, uh, but you know, it's never really at the forefront of conversation and it's not at the forefront of my mind. Um, it's just there, it's part of my life, you get on with it. So you used the um, word activist. Yes. Um, and talked about obviously your decision to go public. Mm -hmm. What inspired that and encouraged you to do? From very early on, um, I decided in my mind that there are three C's. Yeah. You get chances, you get choices, you make changes. And it's, it's I'll, I'll go through them, it's really cliche, um, the first one especially, but every day you have a new chance. Every moment you have a new chance um, to do something new, to do something different. Yeah. In those chances, you have choices. What, what are you going to do, like consciously do, to make a change. Um, so that that's why I wanted to do the activism. Um, and I've stepped back from it a little bit now. Um, <clears throat> but that's why I wanted to do it. Um, because I thought with my coming out about being HIV positive, it was a way of, okay, so this is who I am and what am I gonna do about it? I don't want people to go through what I've been through. Um, the negative things, whilst it's grown me into a to a um, 
I think, a better person. Um, I don't want people to go through that fear yeah. and pain. Um, so I've kind of used that to try and prevent things or educate um, and break down stigma. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a it's an absolute journey. You have those three C's every day in your life, no matter whether you're HIV positive or not. It's it's always there. Chances, choices, changes. Um, with anything. And some people describe it as a, the HIV closet. Right. And do you know that you're out of that closet? Do you feel more relaxed, more comfortable? Just, mm. or does it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because there was always that fear of being in, in the closet. Yeah. Um, of what people would think. Um, whereas I guess when you come out of that, you, I guess from my point of view, the way that I came out about it, because I said myself, I came out myself and I published my status online. You know, I, I was admitting it. I was, I was owning it. I was owning it. Um, so there was nothing for anyone to talk about. Yeah. There was, there was no, there was no way that people would gossip or anything. You know, people may talk, but there's nothing negative to say because I've done it myself. There's no negative gossip there. Um, and you know it's, it's a difficult one because the best kept secret is the secret you never tell yeah but then if you want to come out for me go the full shebang I just just did it and it was scary but I'm I'm a better person for it I think and then work wise so yes. when you you got your agent after college mm -hmm. Did you tell them initially or later? I spoke to my agent when um, when I was going to come out publicly. Right. Um, so it's, it's something that I wanted I wanted the agency to be aware of. Yeah. Um, to say, you know, this... And I guess that was also internalised stigma as well. Hmm. Because it's like, I, c I can do this if it's my own choice. Um, but I wanted them to be on the same page with... Um, you know, with auditions and, and work-wise. Um, and we, we had a long chat about it and, and we decided that it was, it was a good thing and we decided that I'd go ahead with it. Um, and the, the, the reason I wanted to go to them was because I was worried that, I was worried that they're, because if there's stigma in the industry or with specific people, um, would it prevent me getting jobs? Yeah. Um, and as far as I know, it hasn't. I guess I'll never know because um, discrimination's illegal. Uh, so I'll never know. Um, and actually, I don't care. <laughs> because if, if someone's discriminating against me, I don't want to work for them anyway. Um, but then let's talk about the work. So you went on to do Cats. Yes. And most recently, you did Dr. Doolittle on mm -hmm. tour. Yeah. So those are high profile jobs, which must indicate that. It hasn't held you back. No. No. And, and actually, I don't really know... I don't really think it matters. No. I really don't, because it's just part of... It's almost a different life, really. Yeah. So I live, I live the, the activism life, and I live my professional life. They don't, they don't mix together at all. Um, I, will, I will never use something for something else. 
um, you know, my, my personal life is my personal life and my professional life is my professional life. So for me, they don't, they don't mix. Um, and I, yeah, I've, I've had a few really nice jobs. So I, I guess, I guess it hasn't really no. affected. So let's come on to your personal life. So oh. <laughs> going back to that 19-year-old boy who was just diagnosed, did that prevent you from engaging with other people, going on dates? Um, did it, were you worried? I was worried, yeah. I was worried. But I... So going back, so you started taking medication immediately, I assume? It wasn't immediately, it was about right. a year after. Oh, really? Yeah, so at the time, wow. um, the World Health Organization didn't, didn't ask you to take um, medication immediately. So at the time, it was 2011, um, and I think it changed in 2014, I may be wrong, um, but you didn't have to take medication until you were at a certain certain viral load. Right, right, I get it. Um, so when I finished my first contract, which was abroad, yeah. um, I came back, had my tests, and they said, okay, we need to put you on medication now. Um, right. And probably should have been on medication anyway, but so it wasn't a necessity. So for that year, you mm. were, your viral load wasn't high enough to, for them to recommend you to be on medication. No, it wasn't. But were you then undetectable? How did that work? I wasn't undetectable, no. No. no so within so that year, were you conscious of that when you were having sex with people or did it prevent you or put you yeah, off? Yeah, I was conscious. I, I would always, I was always, you know, cards on the table. Yeah. I, was, I was always very open. Do you tell people straight um, away? Yeah, straight away. So if, if there was ever a potential something, then I'd, I would always say. Yeah. And it would, it would be a scary thing. Um, but yeah, it was important to me because I didn't, there, were, there was absolutely no chance that I would go there with someone without, not knowing, them, yeah. without them being comfortable. And, and I was 19, so I, I was still learning about it. You know, I was still learning how, like, how easy or hard it is to pass it on, and yeah. not being undetectable. There's the bigger risk. Yeah. Um, and what um, were people's responses? Did, was it varied? No, I, I, I've actually been quite lucky. I think. Right. Um, so I haven't had negative response. Um, maybe I've just been attracted to the right people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I haven't had a negative response. Um, yeah. So then a year later you'd start the medication mm -hmm. and then you were undetectable. Was that a relief to know that you, it was fully controlled and that you weren't... Yeah, so the doctors that I was seeing... Um, were very good they explained to me everything everything that I needed to know um, and there was the at the time as well it's different now but at the time it was you know this isn't a hundred percent but you right. you probably won't pass it on um, whereas now things have changed and, and there are more recent studies that know that you can't pass it on if you're undetectable um, so for me 
that knowledge is great. Um, that up to that up to date knowledge is even better. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, sometimes it's annoying having to take a tablet and remembering to take a tablet every day. But once it's part of your routine, yeah, you know, you, you just do it, and it's going to keep you healthy and other people healthy. Yeah. So then, I think for you, you're in different cases. So nowadays, if someone's diagnosed and they're put straight out to medication, they become undetectable. Mm-hmm. It's really their choice whether they disclose it to a partner because they're not, you equals you, so they're not going to put that person, mm-hmm. well, I mean, there is risk, like a 1% risk, but like I say, it's still their choice. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that was different in your case because you, yeah, you came into the situation with a heightened awareness of it, and the more kind of you like say you were more open, mm-hmm. whereas people perhaps might now hide behind it because they don't have to full disclosure. Do you think they don't have to? They don't have to. I mean, I, it doesn't really affect me anymore. No, um, but. But yeah, people don't have to come out if they don't want to. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, it's a difficult one, I think. It's, it's opinion-based at the moment. Um, but actually, I support that, that you shouldn't have to come out. You, yeah. shouldn't, you shouldn't have to out yourself just because you know you want to you wanna date someone or you want to jump into bed with someone. Yeah. Like it is, you shouldn't have to. And, and if, you're, if you know that you're safe with it, um, then it's... It's a hard one. It's all opinion based. It's like you say. It's like you were lucky, and that you kind of you you had very supportive and receptive people who kind of cushioned you into that mm-hmm. that realm of. So I guess so. Most recently, your most recent relationship, my current relationship, your current relationship, <laughs> yeah. which is now and my forever relationship. Yeah, you recently got engaged. I did. Yeah. Yeah, so and he's negative. He's negative, yeah. So we're, we're in what's called a sorrow discordant company. Yeah. Company. Couple. <laughs> Peer to bed. Daisy. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, so, yeah. we're a sorrow discordant couple. Which is uh, which one Which means person. one's positive, one's negative. Yeah. Um, we've been together now for two and a half, coming up three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still positive, he's still negative. Um, and when you first met him, mm-hmm. did you disclose straight away? Yeah, I think I think he actually knew already uh, oh, because okay. I was because I was open on social media. Yeah. Um, because I was in this activism thing already. Yeah. Um, so I think he knew, um, but then maybe ruled out any sort of dating or anything. Um, and it, we, yeah, we've yeah. actually spoken about it. He didn't necessarily, I hope he doesn't mind me saying no, this. No. Um, he didn't really have the knowledge, um, the up-to-date knowledge either. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a good way for him to learn. No, that makes a difference. He's American. He's American, yes. Yeah. Yeah, things are very different over there. I don't actually have a big amount of knowledge yeah. about, about it over there. Um, but he didn't have as much, um, you know, the up-to-date knowledge. He didn't have the insight, yeah. He yeah. didn't really know. Um, he's from he's from Indiana, uh, so it's it's very, um, it's in Midwest, so, you know, it's not got the publicity and marketing that a lot of places yeah. in America do have. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a, 
it was a big learning curve for him as well yeah. really to kind of and how did you approach that were you did you see it as a kind of well i'm going to teach you this or was it just kind of naturally organic just it was organic yeah i actually remember the hotel that we were staying in at the time um because we were in korea when we met yeah south korea um the hotel we were staying in had a lovely ba- um, a lovely rooftop terrace with like a pool and and things so i remember one one evening just sitting up there on you know the deck chairs and just having a really long conversation about about where i'm at with my health and and if it's going to affect anything um between us and it and it hasn't um so he's now educated himself has the knowledge um and yeah really supports me which is great so looking back you're now 25 25 so yeah in your apartment with a kitten and a Christmas tree <laughs> and a fiance about to open a new show tonight. Yeah, tonight. Is that the future you thought you'd have six years ago when you first got that diagnosed? Um, I don't know. Did you ever think any of those things weren't achievable? I thought all of it wasn't achievable. Really? Um, and that actually I'm at the moment I'm really living a current dream yeah with my fiance I've got this lovely ring on my finger my our firstborn our little baby <laughs> kitten is three months old um, and yeah we we're living in a lovely apartment that we have worked really hard to yeah. to have um, and we're still working hard to have you know it's, it's I'm kind of living a an adult life that I didn't really know when was going to come. Um, is that I'm, I'm in I'm in my mid twenties, so it's a weird kind of place where you're like, okay, so you're kind of still finding your feet. You're not a teenager anymore, but you're not you're an adult, but you're a very young adult, and and you're you're really kind of discovering who you are and what you want and. And whether you get it or not is sometimes not even down to you. So I'm I'm very lucky to be quite, to be very happy. Um, yeah, I I've, can't really complain at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, you want to come up here? Whoa. Smile for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope um, it's okay. I yeah. Get tongue tied and no, no, it's brilliant. I hope it doesn't come across braggy either. No. Well, no, it should. You should be really proud of yourself. Yeah. I guess. You should be. Yeah, I am very. Proud. And I want people to watch this and be kind of inspired and mm-hmm. encouraged and yeah, reassured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing is, there there are so many conversations out there happening at the moment. Um, in the industry and not in the industry with there being the mental health there's weight conversations going on there's there's all sorts of different things that I guess no matter what you're going through it's all you need to kind of know about it all it's all yeah. relevant isn't it so exactly. um, and this ties in very nicely with the mental health conversations because it, it does have an impact um, so yeah no, I do think it's all important to kind of... I think we're lucky, if anything, that we've got access to, like, YouTube and videos and podcasts. Yeah. Because 
where I'm sure even when you found out like where did you go for the information and answers to the questions you were having when online you went online online yeah yeah um, I spoke to my doctors but you, you kind of I never really knew whether they were just be nice about it you know right. you I actually think you, you have to put yourself in that situation um, you know people can say oh there's no stigma anymore or there is stigma but it's not as bad um, but you actually have to go through through it to actually really know yeah. people can tell you all they want and but it's your own journey you, you, everyone's gonna have a different journey there's no way of knowing what's gonna happen um, but did you know anybody else who was HIV positive when you were found out? Was there anybody else you could talk to? No. I had only ever, to my knowledge, um, I'd only ever met one person who'd been positive before, or that yeah. I knew was positive. Um, and and I, even I was, that was when I was at college, so I must have been about 18, um, when I met him. And that was, there was, there was stigma there in my mind. Right. It's because I didn't have the knowledge, I didn't have the information. Yeah. So that's the most important thing, it's education. Without educating ourselves, we're not going to make a change. Um, and things were, were different then than they are now, and you know, in, in a space of six, seven years, it's, it's very different. Um, so it's just about progress really it's about moving forward constantly um, chances choices changes three C's three C's is my motto I try and remember my I, I try to remind myself of that like in, in different parts of my life as well whether it with, it, with auditions with um, you know saving money with relationships with everything um, it's kind of my, my motto follows me around <laughs> and actually I think that's that may be why I'm in a reasonably happy place at the moment it's because I'm doing things and I'm making changes of things that I'm not happy with dance to the beat of your own drum always dancing always dancing <laughs> and acting now apparently <laughs> This is my first show that I'm not dancing in. Wow. How's that feel? Terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But I've I've kind of like knocked down a a barrier in my mind that I can't do this. Uh-huh. But when actually, you know, everyone can act, anyone can act, it's just about doing it. Uh-huh. Um gaining experience. And it's what I wanted to push me. Thank you for asking me to no, this. thank you. Honestly, I really, really, really admire and respect you. Thank you. Being a very brave young man. Do you think? Do you call, is it right to say brave? I know people say that, but do you yeah. see it as bravery? Yeah. Yeah. Anything can be brave. You know, if, if it's if it's out of your comfort zone, it's bravery. Yeah. And this is definitely something out of anyone's comfort zone. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm brave. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a journey of, of growth. I had no 
reason that that person would be me. I had never thought that I would ever be HIV positive. There are some of us with it that are open. Yeah. But I'm probably one of them, I'm probably the most well-known yeah. in the theatre industry. I mean, that's a horrible realisation that you say, you're, I, I am. You are. Probably the best-known theatre director with HIV.